0: Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christy Grody and Kayla Hansman, aka Cincy Fit Foodie, aka my biggest what the fit hype girl, all around fitness and nutrition guru is back on for a fourth time now. I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. back on to guest co-host the intro of this episode. The intro is the time where I bring back past guests to catch up. Run through our three questions before chatting with our main guest. My main guest coming up is not only insanely fit and owns an indoor cycling studio, but also has an incredibly inspirational survival story to share. So, Kayla, woo. first we're, time, Ruby's Studios. <laughs> How's like, it
1: feel? we are like, we can go upstairs and get settled. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> no, no, we're ready. It feels amazing. I love, I mean... You're relaxed? Yeah, I'm relaxed. We've got this blackberry hibiscus seltzer water going on. Yep, Kroger brand. Uh, Yeah, delicious. Comfy couch. Yeah, we're good. So what's been your favorite workout? Um, Okay, so I've had a lot of favorite workouts. We'll get into a little bit more of that. That's a great place to be. True. Yes. Yeah. Um, So a couple to pick from. I've been doing a lot more Pilates lately. So I've been having a lot of nice movement patterns going on with that but over the past week I would say my favorite was when I actually got to go out and work out with my mom
0: oh yeah so
1: that's special yeah we I mean we used to go on more walks and bike rides together and I don't know why like we just haven't in a while I you'd think we'd have more time but um so last week I went over for dinner and just to hang out with her and she was like, okay, well, I'll let you know. I'm going to the park at 6, so you should come with me. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you don't have to. I was like, oh, 6 in the morning? <laughs> no, 6 p.m. Okay. And I was like, I, well, I can't just let you go there by yourself. Like, wh- what? I came over here to hang out with you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, oh. so she's like, I have this thing planned. If you <laughs> yes. can join, great. If not, I'm going. Yeah. Sayonara. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go. But I think I had run already in the morning so I was like, I don't know, mom I like, you know, we'll see how I do with, she, she wanted to do the steps in the oh. park. She a week ago had decided that she was going to start doing it. She's like, I decided I needed to keep up with you oh. so I <laughs> to start running the steps. So we go over there and it's Bicentennial Park in uh, green township over on the West side. Okay. And, um, she had done like 10 rounds of these steps up and down all throughout. Uh And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. I'll go with you. So I was like, we're going to do more than 10 this week. Oh, pushing her. So we ended up doing, she's like, okay, I'll do 12. And then we finished. I was like, let's go do one more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we did 13 and um, it was just, it was fun running around with her. And like, I, I love running the steps. I found that like running it with new people too is really fun because everyone is so surprised at like they don't think they can do it. And then I'm like, I have been so big on breath lately and Mm. like just so like almost like feeling like that's all I'm doing is just telling people to breathe slower and like keep going. Two more breaths. All right. Like if you think about things in terms of like, okay, I just have to breathe two more times then you can get through it.
0: Yeah. Um, And the steps too, I've noticed this with myself with running like, uphill or Mm -hmm. doing uphill sprints probably a couple years ago when I was boxing predominantly we did a lot of hill sprints Mm -hmm. and this hill over by Xavier is like super steep and I would notice like right before you take off to give a big breath out and then to like get going it's almost like lifting like it truly feels like like linking that movement with breath Mm -hmm. like it was so much easier I feel like it has to be similar if you're running up the steps. Like yeah. you just gotta focus on yeah. your breath. Yeah. The breath is everything.
1: Oh, so good. I've been like i s <laughs> I've been down like a deep hole of looking into breath lately and mm. I have been loving Meriden's content on it. Yeah, I was um, just gonna say
0: Meriden what's what's it, Meriden well being
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that what it is? Mind what is it? Meriden mindful. <laughs> we should know that Sheriff of Soundtown, can you please look this up? Look up Meriden's uh handle for her Her mindfulness practice, so we can call that out because she's great. She's also a past guest, so if you haven't listened to her episode, married
1: and mental well being,
0: married and mental well being. There it is. Yeah. Um, I thought that was one of my favorite episodes. It it came out right at the start of quarantine. Mm -hmm. It was very applicable to the time. She's great.
1: So yeah, that was my favorite workout. Um, and then a a lot of plotties intermixed into that because
0: you're training. You're training. You're training. (sighs) That's so exciting. You've <laughs> talked about that for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. And I actually, it's kind of funny. I haven't really like said, I haven't really like announced it. Announced it right here. What the said Fit this? exclusive.
0: <laughs> I have another exclusive. Are you going to share it now? Or are you going to wait? I'm going to wait. Okay. I'm changing my name. No, I'm just joking. Stop. Like your first name or? <laughs> fit Foodie.
1: No, I'm just joking. I'm oh saying.
0: God. Thank God. I thought about it, but. I don't know what I would be. I think you need to stay Cincy Fit Foodie. Everyone knows you as know, Cincy Fit Foodie. I know, I know,
1: I know. I was just joking. I wanted to see your reaction. Oh, well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what that's was great. your favorite workout?
0: My favorite workout was not really a workout, but not exactly a workout. But I think that it can still work. And just to be clear, all of my favorite workouts for the last couple weeks and and in my mind for the foreseeable future are with my strength coach and your boyfriend, (laughs) Johnny Pasquale. But to kind of switch things up, I wanted to talk about the work I've been doing with Dr. Eric Nobby at the Form and Function Movement Lab. Okay. Yeah. So I had some shoulder pain creep up at the start of quarantine. And it was really interesting because my shoulders are are like one of my most flexible parts of my body I have a lot of mobility I swam so Mm -hmm. I feel like I hold a lot of strength there too and I never had any issue any concern Favorite body part it's my favorite body part (laughs) and it's hurting me and it was hurting me my right side my right shoulder and really like the biggest pain and discomfort that I get and it feels like it feels like tightness and it feels um like pulling almost, and it comes up when I'm doing a lateral raise Mm -hmm. or if I'm like holding out my arms laterally, like in a warrior two, for example. That's when it will like really creep up or like side planks, really painful. Okay. So, I mean, it had, I kind of dealt with it for months. When it first crept up, I'm like, it will go away. I need to stretch it out. It's because I'm sitting at my desk, whatever. And it just was not going away. And Mm -hmm. I think because I had never... Had pain there before. I was like, "This can't happen." I I need to get rid of this. So I went. I went to see Eric. Now this will be my third week working with him, and he's just incredible. Like we we go through a series of tests. He goes through a series of tests, to like identify what the core problem is. Mm-hmm. Turns out the left side of my body is weaker and deficient, more deficient than the right side of my body. So the pain and discomfort is showing up on my right shoulder, primarily too, due to a deficiency in my left hip. Crazy. Right. Like he yeah. would know. Yeah. He tried, we went through, you know, a series of exercises and he comes back to do the la- do this lateral raise with weight. Is it, does it feel better? Does it feel worse after each exercise that we do? Mm-hmm. And he like walks you through. He's he's like teaching you and helping you discover as he's discovering Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is great like I love that about being able to understand my own body yeah and so we went through a couple things like okay now let's try to do some manual release like let's get on the table I'm gonna rub I'm gonna work on it we're gonna use the gun went and did that went back to the test of the lateral raise so much worse He's like, okay, so this tells us this is not something that we can rub away or that you can stretch away. Uh-huh. That would be the easy solution. I would know I would just need to come and like get some work done. He's like, this tells us like, this is a strengthening, this is a strengthening problem we need to work on. So I've been doing a lot of um, like things to strengthen my lats. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because
0: turns out I'm like holding all of the tension my shoulders are taking over like my upper back is taking over and I'm not using my lower back to like retract my shoulders Uh down which is so interesting but he is working with Johnny Uh and like called Johnny and was like talking about these are the exercises that Chrissy needs to work on to like help with her shoulder so I'm like I have two like incredibly (laughs) smart great men like just working to help me Get my body like mm-hmm. working at its optimal. That's awesome. I mean level.
1: Hats off to both of them. And yes.
0: like,
1: I love this was probably over a month ago I went over and I was with working with both Eric and Taylor. Uh-huh. So Taylor's now on as a full time staff at Form and Function. Uh-huh. And she is a physical therapist and does a lot in, you know, obviously the prehab sense mm-hmm. of All right, how do we make these different types of movements functional? Mm -hmm. And um, she also has her certification with um, prenatal and like pelvic floor stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: fascinating. Just
1: the both of them. If you have, I don't even want to say if you have, like, even if you're a generally healthy person, go like.
0: Oh, they will tell you things (laughs) about yourself that you had no idea. And if it's not a problem now, could potentially be a problem. Down the road, if right. you don't start addressing some of the the weaknesses, and mm-hmm. and he does such a great job too to be like everyone has them, yeah. Like this is not you're not doing no. something wrong, wrong. or mm-hmm. you know the way that you're moving. Like this is how you are moving, and
1: especially as you get down into like the unilateral stuff when yeah. you're doing single side, and
0: yeah. So we're doing a lot of work like that. Yeah, it was so we did this one exercise that to me was the most telling because I didn't even realize how much weaker my left side is than my right. Mm -hmm. So I was in like a Sphinx pose um, with my arms just like out a little bit further from my body. And he put a yoga block in front of my hands. And he was Mm -hmm. like, okay, like keep everything, you know, lines me up, like everything stay the same. Keep your core tight, keep your back tight. Don't rock, nothing moves except like move your arm to touch the yoga block really difficult. Like I'm I'm using my right hand. I'm like, okay, that is hard. You know, you're like shaking. You can like barely get it. On my left side, I I couldn't even like lift my arm up to like touch the yoga ball. He's like, all right, well, this is what we got to work on. I'm like, very clearly, this is what we have to work on. (laughs) So I have, shaking and dripping and sweat. Right, right. So I have like, not moving, (laughs) not moving. So I have like a series of exercises that I work out on my own. Plus the work I'm doing with Johnny that he's now incorporating all these things from Eric from Eric and then I'm going to see, I guess see Eric um, Thursday. So I've gone like three weeks in a row and he was great too. He was like, how much of an investment do you want to make in this? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we kind of know what this is. You can do a lot of this on your own. Do you want to come back to see me? How fast do you want to progress? I'm like, I just want to get this. I just want to like right. get it yeah. over with. Yeah. Let's just do yeah. it. Let's yeah. just go full in. But I love that he gives you the options, yeah, which is somewhat different I think than the traditional chiropractic experience where they're like, all right, got to come back, got to come back, got to come back. He's like, I don't want you to come back.
1: <laughs> I've honestly never been to another, a different chiropractor, like any other chiropractor.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of the, yeah. I don't know, the overall like vibe the of the industry. Of it, yeah. yeah. It's like they want to kind of keep you coming back. Not everyone, of course, painting with broad strokes, but yeah. 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 No. Okay. So yeah, that's what I, is. that was like a good eye opening, quote unquote, workout for me that I had yeah. last week.
1: That's good. I mean,
0: yeah. That's all you need. Yep. Okay, what do you want to talk about?
1: Um, so I, I guess when I, my workout, so working out with my mom and even just like more and more now getting into Pilates and being more of like mindful of movements and like purposeful of like ADLs and like, why mm. are we doing things? You're not just doing this because, you know.
0: You want to burn calories yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, so you want to be
0: dripping in sweat after a workout kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it got me thinking a lot more about like, as we age. And so thinking about my mom and the fact that like she was, she's, you know, over 60 and she's Mm -hmm. out there running these steps. And I'm like, oh my God. So proud. So, you know, just thinking about so much and like how fitness has evolved and how it can evolve with you and you know, what happens to us as we age and Mm -hmm. how
0: we have to kind of adapt to, yeah, yeah. how we
1: can adapt to that. And then also just like how, like how much it can be medicine and keeping us doing these things. So I know you had also put up this, the Dr. Rhonda Patrick's story. Yes. Yes. um, Which uh, basically
0: was just toting about strength training mm -hmm. and the recommend, recommended um, daily activity level and, that they're like bet for so the study is called recommended physical activity in all cause and cause specific mortality in us adults and basically put out like what is the recommendation to decrease overall all cause mortality so we're talking about like lifespan mm-hmm, yeah. not <laughs> like your overall how long are you going to live yeah and the activity recommended to promote lifespan which i think also plays into my campaign against the word toned of mm-hmm. like if the the goal is to look toned, rather than the goal is to like live a long, happy, mobile life, let's think about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love I love that study that was just more again fuel.
1: Like, why why are you doing this? So mm-hmm. I was looking up and I was digging digging around, and so I've been getting a lot more data recently from my Garmin watch. So I switched yeah. over from an Apple to a Garmin watch. Um, if you were following along, I had like a really de- internal debate a couple months ago, switched over to Garmin and I've like absolutely loved it because no, looking the back. data is, I mean, I think... What just, kind of data is it giving you that the Apple watch is not? Um, so it does, if I had like the, I don't have even the heart rate monitor, but if I, well, it has a heart rate monitor peripherally. Yeah. But, but not like a strap uh, or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does a couple of different things. Like it'll... It monitors, quote unquote, my body battery stress. It does sleep. What's a Um, body battery? It takes into account like how much you were sleeping, how much you rested. um, That's cool. Different things like that.
0: It's basically saying like what what are your energies? Like what's your your energy in the tank looking like? Mm -hmm. What are you at right now? You full? Out of 100? Mm Mm-hmm. That's not a lot. That's a half tank. I know. (laughs) That's a half tank it's half full <laughs> well
1: so okay to put that in perspective I did teach this morning okay and then I went for a long walk and okay. then I did just strength train
0: so oh you had a lot of activity today Yes. so it's like maybe the rest of the day let's focus on relaxation yes.
1: yeah. yeah um it'll tell me if it'll based on heart rate it monitors stress and other things like that steps, floors, respirations. Mm. Um and then within the workouts, I really like the data that it gives in terms of like um average heart rate, max mm-hmm. heart rate. It'll give me a chart on all of these things. Yeah. Garmin's actually right server maintenance is happening. They've been having a lot of issues this weekend. Oh boy. So, anyways, but um I also just love the data on VO2 max and it'll mm. give updates on that so every couple of i'm actually not sure the frequency of how often it'll remeasure my vo2 max um how does it measure so in particular this Garmin in particular i'm not really exactly sure i think it does something with my heart rate mm, and, yeah yeah um with along with the respirations of that
0: yeah well probably to get like the true vo2 max right you need to do like oh, the machine yeah, yeah. or this like the test yeah, yeah estimate yeah Which I still think people will kind of argue back and forth of, you know, it's not accurate or like calorie burn, whatever. But I still think it's a good marker. Marker. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You just have to think it's trended data. Yeah. Don't
0: live and breathe and die by it. You don't have to be dogmatic about the calorie count. But I would argue you don't have to be dogmatic about a calorie count really ever. No. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's been cool to see that since I started wearing it, my VO2 max has improved. It's gone up. Um, Just by being like more purposeful about cardio workouts or sprints or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, But so anyways, I was digging and I, it also gave me a fitness age when I started working out. And I was like, okay, again, one of those like numbers, like a skin
0: age or like
1: anything like that, like to spit out. But then, so I was like doing some digging and I found um, this one article was really interesting that it talks about the fact that again, a person's heart specifically can have a quote unquote, different age than the rest of your body. Okay. So I think that that's in particular what it's looking at when it says like fitness age, okay. like your heart's capacity yeah. to obviously supply oxygen to the rest of your body. Um, and so this line I thought was really interesting. I put that's all age really is manifestation of how much stress or strain your body is endured and exhibits.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So yeah. again, you know, just kind of going back to like, how much are you taking care of yourself and like filling up your tank?
0: Right. Um, and it's like, you need a little bit of stress. You, I mean, you need to have the body adapting right. to stress, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's gotta be this line of, it's too stressful, right? where it's yeah. a negative of impact. Yes,
1: which is what like, I think actually was one of the statements I said today when we left in the mix. I was like, hey guys, you know, again, I was like, see you here tomorrow, unless like really they'll rest because the work doesn't happen in here. It happens mm-hmm, tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. things are changing. You're building them back up tomorrow. Like,
0: right. That's Right. And I think we both had, have had a similar recent experience with our training where Johnny mm-hmm. has said, you know, yeah. your strength training three days a week. Yeah. And that's what you have. That's what you should be doing. Yes. And it is in line with this study that it's recommended 150 minutes of moderate intensity. Okay, 150 minutes. How many, like if you're doing an hour a day workout of moderate intensity, that's like three days. Mm-hmm, max. Or 75 minutes of intense aerobic physical activity a week. hmm one class. One class. And like I would argue a system of strength class, a control, <laughs> yes. an in the mix. Yeah. A cl- like yeah. those are very physically intense. Mm-hmm. And that furthermore, like the strengthening activities, they're recommended two days, like strength training two days a week. Yeah. And like, that's what's recommended to up, to combat. Increase your lifespan. Yeah, increase your lifespan. Yeah. And so when I I was talking to Johnny about this today, I was like, when I think about, you know, doing like five, you know, maybe average five group fitness classes a week at an hour Mm -hmm. and like not feeling so great. And now I'm like, I have... Energy,
1: yeah, yeah. the high you were talking about after right. the strength training is like, yeah, I don't know.
0: I it's just interesting to think about. And if we're thinking about fitness at different ages, of like, yes, can't, and of course there are elite athletes and you know, very people that have fitness goals that maybe are training at different paces to meet those goals. But if we're thinking about fitness for life. Is, that su- is your fitness routine and what you're doing right now, can that yeah. support you yeah. for your life? Right,
1: and that's why I loved um, when you were talking to Patrick about uh, 513 United and yeah. when they're gonna expand and Finley movement's coming around. Like the, the concept of like him being like, you're gonna come to us at all ages mm-hmm. and like right. you're- how, how are we gonna be there for all of that? Right,
0: and like, right, and like yeah. I don't plan on, there's not an end game to me no. working out. Yeah, no, not at all.
1: Um, so I, this whole thing was interesting. Then it goes through and it talks about how your lung health and mental speed peak around your mid twenties. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Beginning at age 30, your muscle strength and size start decreasing at about three to 8% per decade. And cardiovascular endurance dies off by about 1% a year. Okay. That's not bad. No, 1%
0: very small. And is that if you're not is that like if you're maintaining what you're doing or if you're just not think, trying to like work harder? I
1: think if you're not trying to work harder. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it, it does start talking about like then once you hit 50, your brain, you know, again, kind of starts to shrink a little bit. Mm-hmm. We start to shorten because again, our bodies are just resisting gravity. Yeah. Um, which was interesting when um, in Pilates training this weekend, Nico, who I could, I could just like talk. Yeah. Hours about Nico is phenomenal. Um, a little plug for fitness, fitness physiques by Nico. Mm-hmm. He is so well versed in the human body and has been in the fitness industry for so, so long. Yeah, he was doing um fitness at Mercy Health for a while and has been a balanced body, um, like a master, master trainer. trainer for yeah. 12, 13 years. Wow. Um, he was talking about the reformer and the fact that being on the Pilates reformer is trying to. Ex- exact trying to take us out of compression which is just what day to day life
0: feels so good when mm -hmm. you get off a reformer
1: (laughs) yeah because you're just essentially like taking away what gravity is just keep pulling Mm -hmm. you down pulling you down Mm -hmm. and the fact that we don't live in extension as much as yep. you know we really should. Um, so I thought that like it's just all full circle with that. Yeah. Um, so then this research article took into a little bit further that there is a study with the NIH that is called um, the Molecular Transducers of Physical Activity in Humans program. So this study is mm-hmm. essentially aiming to catalog the biological markers or molecules affected by exercise in people. Oh, yeah. And then that's they're going to do this about. whole map of like the molecular changes that happen in response to movement and then relate these changes to the benefits of physical activity. Yeah. So I was trying to do a little bit more digging. and It seems like this study might be on pause because of mm. COVID, but oh, it right. <laughs> 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 makes sense. Yeah, it's supposed to end in 2023. So we'll be back when that Yeah. Comes out, you're God. still gonna be around. Yeah,
0: for sure. We'll uh, we'll I'll report on it.
1: <laughs> but anyways, um, it just, I don't know. I I'm know just... I th- I
0: find it fascinating. It's great. It it, I don't know. It just, and maybe it's like some own like self validation of like, oh, all the time I've spent, all the hours I've spent. Like, yes, I know it's good for me. Yes, I know it yeah. makes me feel good. It's fun. It's social, right? It's, yeah. But then to hear like, oh wait, this is actually contributing to my lifespan Mm -hmm. or like contributing to my overall health in a way that's so beyond what I get out of like a one hour workout Mm -hmm. in the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, my thing that I wanna talk about is really related. So I wanna talk about what kind of activities you like to do outside of your structured workouts that help promote your overall fitness. And what got me thinking about this Mm -hmm. is that I went disc golfing for the first time this past weekend with the Sheriff of Soundtown. Woo. brad dubin um and so yeah so like disc golfing for those who know it's like frisbee golf right you're trying yeah. to like throw
1: i like that you call it a disc golf cause is that what it's called you no know it is yeah yeah because you're using yeah because it's cause cause it's I'm... not
0: it looks like a frisbee but, but it's, it's not exactly a frisbee yeah. they're smaller but we went to mount airy forest it's a beautiful park it was a beautiful day mm-hmm. we're that's out like there
1: one of the top ranked courses
0: yeah that's what johnny said yeah it's we were out there for a couple hours so you know obviously the act of like throwing the disc is i mean you're definitely physically engaged but we would like run to get our discs mm-hmm. we're walking around the park like it's felt you're good going to, up hills you're not yeah. just walking on flat right ground. you're going up yeah. hills and then on sunday i went on, like a two hour long walk and i was like this is the time especially again where i'm coming from this place i know i got my my like three workouts a mm-hmm. week kind of structured yeah I don't feel like spending an hour inside doing something no. when it's i want to take advantage of the weather i want to be outside i just like and want to do stuff that's really fun so that's like where i am now and this is also kind of come off of the fact that i started recently playing poker oh, yeah. and so i had to learn how to play poker and i thought forever I'm never gonna learn how to play this. I don't know, the game makes no sense to me. I'm never gonna get it. I don't wanna take the time to sit down, be bad at something, like learn this new skill. Yeah. Well, I did it, I learned it. I mean, I'm getting much better as I practice and play. And it was just yet another reminder which I preach about it all the time of like, you can learn new things. Thanks. And okay. it's really, really fun to do that. And so mm-hmm. I like want that feeling to continue where I'm like, okay, well, I learned to play poker. And before I was like, I'm not really gonna disc golf. Like, I don't know, I don't, yeah. I'm gonna be terrible. I'm not gonna be good. And like, yeah, for sure. The first couple holes, I was terrible. And then I got some great coaching and cueing. And then I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm getting better.
1: Yeah, it's just once you start feeling it out, you can- Yeah. Yeah, the muscle memory comes. And it's such a
0: great feeling to learn something new. new. So I'm like, okay, so I'm on the hunt for a bike. (sighs) Okay, good. If anyone is selling Selling a bike, bike. knows about the sale of a bike, (laughs) let me know. I mean, I'm I'm just, I don't need anything fancy. Yeah. You know, but I think some going on like long bike rides would be so fun. It's amazing. Obviously, I like, you know, hiking, walking. But do you have any kind of fit, you know, fitness and i feel like if we lived in like fucking california like we could mm-hmm. be playing beach volleyball and we could i don't know what else i think for some people like rock climbing is oh, a yeah, good activity yeah. i have tried rock climbing and oh yeah ryan rockland yeah right? yeah or he did to, yeah. yeah and obviously covid kind of fucked yeah. everything up but that wasn't so much for me i'm not I so into you that guys getting one out on the oh up rock rock to the climbing wall <laughs> in the grotto yeah perhaps um but yeah, something like that. Like, just, I don't know. What do you have any ideas, or do you do anything? So I biking, biking, been biking a lot. Um, not so you much. You play recently. actual golf too. I Play
1: actual golf. I love to actual golf. Um, I was talking about this with someone though. I have to be like mentally prepared to go play golf though, because um, I I still to this day take it too seriously. Oh uh, well, you or come, just like yeah. have that like okay mentality. I need, yeah, I don't know. But um,
0: I would like to play tennis.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, I'm not great at tennis, but I don't think I'm great at tennis either. It's
0: fun. What about pickleball? Oh, yeah. Love pickleball. Okay. So I haven't played pickleball, but I heard about it. Is it, how different is that than racquetball? I don't know, but I know that pickleball historically was targeted to an older crowd. So I imagine that it's not as, like, I think the court is smaller. So you're not like moving as, like, as much i could be totally wrong anyone mm. knows how to play pickleball or plays pickleball i like pickles you love pickles <laughs> but i'm just trying to think of like what can we do that's going to like help us be active but it's fun fun
1: kayaking you've been kayaking, kayaking i'm going kayaking outside. this weekend that's more than you think like you do some of these things gardening gardening we talk, were talking yeah, about that last yeah, week yeah um, for sure i've been trying to swim oh at yeah that's something that i'm not great at i need to
0: do I'm that not even good
1: at but i'm okay i'm not setting it, it for
0: over a year and i still haven't done it <laughs> i need to do it we need
1: yeah come on get it on the book i know um but yeah no there's and so swimming biking golfing uh the little miami trail is amazing starting down at like 50 west going up through terrace park milford mm. loveland and then um johnny and i have a couple times we'll drive to xenia get off at xenia station Go to Yellow Springs. Ooh,
0: that sounds so fun. Young's
1: Dairy Farm has the best ice cream. Yep, okay. Passer yep, there. Love that. Um, there's
0: a brewery. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff up there. So Yeah. Um, I know. I used to be, honestly, I used to be really against any kind of like organized sports situation. Mm-hmm. And I think I am still against it if it has to be a weekly commitment. because I just don't want to add one more thing to the calendar. But now I would feel like I'd be more into... Picking up like, like a
1: team, like, like they're doing kickball at Zeke. I know I don't
0: like kickball, yeah. but like picking up is just a game to be like, okay, like Ryan loves to play spikeball. I've never played spikeball, but mm. I would maybe
1: try to do that. that with a, like the mini trampoline. Yeah, okay, huh?
0: So, if anyone has any ideas, fitness activities, or just activities that help promote your fitness outside of workouts, that's how I would like to spend the other oh, days. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm trying to think,
0: I'm well, gonna we'll think of some. Okay, wild card. What's your favorite movie candy? Junior Mints. Ew. <sighs> if I wanted toothpaste for my candy, then I would brush my teeth. Those are gross. I wish you could see my face. I
1: love <laughs> Junior Mints. You we call love them,
0: Junior Mints? We, my best friend and I used to like eat these.
1: We used to go to the movies like all the time. We called them Junies. Oh, are you bringing God. the Junies? <laughs> They're best frozen in okay, my opinion. Yes. And then I have a certain way that I eat them. How do you eat them? Like I bite off the flat end and kind of... I didn't even know there was a flat end. Yeah, they like a little... Oh, okay. And then get some of the minty part out, suck on it, and then eat it. Ew. The the colored ones are not as good. They tried to make some with like orange filling. Not as good. Then they made some minis. Also not as good. I just, just don't like regular junior mint-flavored mince. candy. Mm. Like
0: mm-hmm. even thin mints, like... Ugh. You can miss me. What
1: about Andy's Yorks?
0: No, gross, gross, gross. I hate all of those. Okay, <laughs> it's alright. You're okay. We're... What do you like? Uh... <laughs> uh, sour patch kids. Okay, yeah. Either watermelon or regular. It's been that way since can I was tell the eight years old. Yeah, the watermelon has a different taste than the regular does for sure. And the... oh, the water. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah watermelon those aren't a sour. Yeah, they're not as sour. You're right. Yeah. They're sweeter, yeah. but. Yeah, that's just been my favorite since I was eight. I oh, always yeah. loved them. But so your other option was uh, either Britney or Christina. And I yeah. said no, because obviously it would be Britney. Hashtag free Brittany. And this is now the third ta- third episode that I've talked about freeing Britney. So I want to try to plug it in whenever I can. Keep putting it out there. But beyond that, what made me think of what I'm going to talk about when you said Britney or Christina was the new Taylor's Taylor Swift album. <laughs> and You've listened. Oh, yeah. And it just really deserves an honorable mention in this episode. And if you have not listened to it, you need to go listen to it. It's really good. So, you
1: know what? I was. Why didn't
0: you tell me your favorite song?
1: Because I didn't. Wasn't I going to tell you today? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's your favorite (laughs) song?
1: So, I was joking this morning in class. I was like, would you guys hate me if I played Taylor Swift? Yes. In the mix, you cannot play
0: a a new Taylor Swift song. No, you can't. No,
1: it's too slow. Which is like.
0: I saw a meme that was like. I don't think this is the album we needed right now. No, no, <laughs> I think it is because Taylor Swift saw all of us not staying inside and that's going true. out when we shouldn't be. So she put out this emotionally wrecking album so that we all just want to stay in bed and be by ourselves. You're okay. That's true. That's a good way. So she's really about. doing a public service. Yeah. Okay, fair. Okay. What's your favorite song? though?
1: So I thought it was interesting that like the top song is my not my favorite is cardigan her single yeah
0: yeah we were talking about that we didn't agree either that the cardigan should have been the like, single oh. i would have thought number one would have been the single yeah but but my favorite is invisible string okay yeah very good one i yeah. like that a lot my favorite as i said on my instagram story if you're not following me at chrissy grody you should is mirrorball and oh, i pick I, I pick my favorites because i think If I were to be performing a song on stage, which one would I want to be performing? And Mirrorball is the one I would want to perform.
1: So I get into a groove where I like, okay, I like this one. I like this one. And I don't listen to any of the other ones. And I didn't. I don't think I gave that one a chance the other day. Yeah, I understand. Came back to it today. And I was like, oh, that one. And then she had the collaboration with um,
0: Exile. With Bon Yeah that's so good uh, I mean it, oh, I love a duet yeah and also I want to sing that one yeah no I with know it. every time like I had to with most of her albums I listened to it through once listened through it through listen to it through twice and then it's like the third time because it only you only have to listen to Taylor Swift songs twice to know the whole <laughs> song yeah it's like the third time it's coming through that I'm like Okay, now I can distinguish. Now I can pick out what I like and what I am not so into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So no. just listen to them a couple times. I've
1: also, real quick, been listening to Hamilton because oh, I haven't seen it at yeah, all. I haven't seen it. So I've been listening to that a lot because then I want to watch it. That was the pro tip I got. Listen, 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 listen mm-hmm. so you know what's going on. Watch it once, watch it again with subtitles. Okay, that's a good That's so good. That And then keep watching it because you just keep missing things or you keep getting things each time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, guys, grab your favorite movie candy, listen to Taylor Swift, let us know what candy you're eating and what your favorite song is.
1: Thank you for coming back. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me, Chrissy. This is fun.
0: (laughs) My guest today is a true testament of strength, determination, and inspiration. At 13 years old, she fought for her life and survived a stabbing attack while out on a run just a half mile from her home. A passion for fitness and a passion for helping people feel mentally stronger and more confident led her to open an indoor cycling studio with her mom, where they've raised over $80,000 for local charities. Please welcome Casey Hilmer of Power Ride. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. As I was doing my research and preparing for our conversation, first, I read that you play a lot of Pitbull in your classes. Oh, yeah. On a deep, deep level, we are friends his and His music's sisters.
2: just like really good for spinning.
0: Uh, I argue really good for anything. And then I you can do like a deep Pitbull. dive
2: and you just find songs of his. And I'm like, gosh, he's in so much. Even from a long time ago, before people knew who Pitbull was, yes. like he's a backup. And yes. everything just works. Even if I don't know what he's saying, I'm like, this song just works. I agree. I particularly love him too because
0: every song's pretty much the same. Yeah. And I it it's a banger, banger after banger.
2: And the other thing I like about his song, sometimes I'll just be like, I don't know, zoning out, driving, and then you listen and you're like, what did he just say? <laughs> right, but like, right, you're like, how did I never know yes. that like he said that? But yes, he has great yes, stuff yes. for
0: spinning, running, anything. Yeah. No. So loved that. Also, as I was reading, my jaw hit the floor multiple times reading your story. It's sounds like it's out of a law and order episode. Yeah. Which for you to l- live through that, I just can't even imagine. Um, So I'm hoping we can just jump right into it and yeah. I'll give you the space to share. And then I'll jump in with questions along if that sounds good to you. Of course. I know.
2: I was reading through your questions earlier today. and I'm like, gosh, I don't even know where to start. So I guess yeah. I'll just start from the beginning. Kind yeah, of. that works. So my mom and I own a spinning studio. Our bikes are a little different because mm-hmm. they tilt side to side. So They work your arms, abs, legs, everything. Yes, Um, they're called
0: Real Rider. The Real Rider bikes. Yep.
2: I found them at the University of Michigan my senior year there, um, and I just fell in love with them. But my passion for health and fitness started a long time ago. So I can remember growing up, I played, I mean, every sport, soccer, basketball. I swam, I ran, track, Mm. lacrosse, everything. And on the weekends, I'd always go to the gym with my mom and- when i was younger like we'd be in the i don't know the childcare section yes. while she worked out and then probably around the age of 10 i started doing step aerobics with her that's
0: amazing and i
2: was like i mean looking back it's kind of weird that i was like in the 5th grade doing step aerobics or kickboxing and stuff but i just loved it and then my dad so both my parents i guess were active um yeah. my dad really got me into running so running i feel like is what people know me more know mm-hmm. me for or like mm-hmm. would associate me with um so, oh gosh, when was it? T- the year 2000. I think it was 2000. I was 10. I was okay. going into the fifth grade. My dad came home. It was like a summer day. He's like, let's go for a run. And I'm like, who runs for yeah. fun? Like run. no one runs for fun. I
0: still think that. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, but my dad, you can't really argue with him. So there was no point. So he's like, you're running with me. So mm-hmm. I went running. We went like did a two mile loop around our house. I was done. I was like, okay, I'm done. I did it. Like I don't have to do it ever (laughs) again. Well, then the next night he came home, like, let's go run. And I think it continued. It's from what I remember, it was like every night that summer. I'm sure it wasn't, but we just started, it was like what we started doing. We would run in the afternoons, two to three miles. And then, as the summer went on, like I started beating him and then he would beat me like it became competitive between us. So wow. I think that's when I started to really enjoy it because I saw that I was good at it. Yeah. I was going to say
0: you're that you're good. You knew that you were good. Then. Yeah. yeah.
2: So then I got really into it. And that Thanksgiving, he's like, we're going to run the Thanksgiving Day race. It's six miles. And I'm like, six miles? Like I've only run three. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can do it. And so this is when the Thanksgiving Day race it may have been the last year of this. It started in Kentucky and ended in downtown Cincinnati. Okay. So I guess my dad just knew I was going to beat him. So he, I, we have a picture from. Oh, it's the cutest picture. I am like all bundled up, and then he taped a bright red like letter T on my back. I think just so he could find me So he knew. That I'd be ahead of him, so ran that. I beat him, and that's I. I just remember that's when I really started to like it. When yeah. I knew I was good at it. And so. I'm sure like the
0: energy, like that race is so energetic. There's so many people around. That seems yes. like if anyone's gonna fall in love with competitive running, that's probably a good place to get the yeah. intro. Yeah, and
2: then people like see you, and you're like you're so little, and yeah. so when they're cheering for you, you're like wow, I'm really doing something yeah. like big. <laughs> so I think that really boosted my confidence. So from there like fifth grade, I would run with him. I didn't do organized cross country until the seventh grade. And even then I was still playing soccer, select soccer and cross country was kind of second to soccer. Mm -hmm. And then let's see, I think in eighth grade, I still did soccer, but we realized I was pretty good at cross country. I was always finishing, um, like in the top 10 and stuff. So Mm -hmm. the summer going into the eighth grade, so I was 13. It was just about Gosh, 17 years ago now, which is crazy because I look back on it and it's one of those things that's so surreal. You're like, did this really happen to me? And then you like recall the facts and the things, the strength you had. And you're like, how did I do that? Like, I was very petite in Mm -hmm. the eighth grade. So I was probably like 65 pounds. Holy shit. Maybe like really tiny. Yeah. So it was July 13th, 2003. I, um, I remember like all the details of that day I woke up. I went to the pool with my mom. I remember going to Kroger. We got chicken for dinner, watermelon. Like wow, it's weird the things you
0: remember. Very specific.
2: So I got home and I was like, dad, you want to go run? I was training for like the cross country season coming up. And he's like, I'm so tired, but I'll bike with you. I'll bike behind you while you
0: run like three miles. So that wasn't typical. Was it like normally he would run Sometimes
2: with he would bike with me. I'm trying to remember because after the attack, he would bike with me a lot more because I wasn't comfortable running alone. Yeah. Um, i can't really remember how frequent frequently he would or wouldn't bike with yeah. me but and like sometimes he would drive his car with me if it was late at night um and I needed lights on me like he yeah. was just always he and my mom have. I mean they're both my biggest supporters but right. he just would do anything yeah for me to like go run yeah so he's like I'll bike so we d- went out on it's like a three mile loop we had done the one we had done since I was 10 years
0: mm-hmm.
2: old and at the very the very last mile of the loop there's probably like a half mile fourth mile incline, like straight uphill and then it makes a 90 degree turn and from that turn like you can see my house you can see the mailbox like it's a quarter mile right so as we were going up the hill i was just getting further and further in front of him Mm -hmm. i think it's just easier i don't know to run up a hill than bike up a really steep hill i can i couldn't see that yeah Yeah. so i got to the top of the hill and i remember turning the corner and thinking oh my gosh i'm almost done like all i want is water and that watermelon like it was so hot like middle of july so I'm like running home and I see this guy walking toward me. And then as he got closer, I was like, this is so weird. Like, how is he wearing pants and a sweatshirt? It is so hot right, right. now. Of course, you're
0: 13. Like, that's all that's going through my right. head. Like, how right. is he wearing I mean, this? that's what would go through my mind too right yeah. now. Yeah.
2: And so then he got closer and I realized it was my neighbor. He rode the school bus with me. I didn't know his first name, but I knew his last name. He was older than me. So yeah. he always got on after He was us.
0: 17, right? So you're Correct. 13. He's yep. 17. He was yeah.
2: 17. So, um. He got on like the next stop after us, so I always saw him get on. And so I realized he wasn't gonna like get off the road to like go around. Get go on, around like, on a sidewalk. It was there. Our road it doesn't have a sidewalk, but there's kind of like a little there's grass, yeah. a grassy area. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just run around him. So I run off the road to get around him. He runs behind me, picks me up.
0: How does he pick you up?
2: Kind of like um, like you would pick like how like when you get married like a groom would pick up the bride you know yes. like lay, like you're like laying in his hands yes. so I just start screaming and then he puts his hand on my mouth and the first thought I had was where is he taking me and I will never will I ever see my family again and then he ran me just right into the woods and it's crazy because like my parents still live on the street and the woods weren't now where the woods were it's like all like been developed but uh-huh. We could not have been more than like five feet in because it wasn't a deep patch. Yeah. But um, so he runs me in the woods and he just drops me on the ground, but he's behind me the whole time. So I never like saw his face. I knew he was just constantly behind me. The next thing I know, he pulls out a knife and my first intuition is grab the blade. So I grabbed the blade with my left hand and I still have... What kind of knife is it? It was like a switch a switch knife so they never found the knife um but I think the blade had to have been what's that like four or five inches long probably four mm-hmm. or five inches long so I grabbed the blade he ends up getting control of it and like you know you're being like stabbed you don't feel anything you're I was just, gonna say
0: you you don't feel anything no
2: you're just kind of like fighting I'm just fighting to get out of the situation and and I'm sure a blessing right yeah I'm sure the whole incident I mean, it had to have been less than five, like very quick, but it seems long, like while you're in it. So then the next, the last thing I remember, he's behind me. So I'm probably seated on the ground, like my butt's on the ground and he's just like behind me. I don't know if he's kneeling. He puts his hand, so his left hand on my forehead, pulls my forehead back and puts the knife right to my neck. And I remember thinking, if I don't get out of here now, I'm not getting out. So I looked and my right leg was like weirdly just straight out in front of me. So I flung it back over my head. I kicked him off of me. I ran out onto the street right as my dad had gotten to the top of the hill. So that's why it's like it couldn't have been a long period of time. So my dad throws his bike. He runs over, takes off his shirt. He's like, you need to hold this against your neck as tight as you can and don't let go. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, dad, I think I'm going to die. I love you. Because, like, I just thought, like, I have to get that out. And it's just weird, like, that I would even think to say that. But I did. And he looked at me. And I'll never forget to this day. Like, the way he looked at me and just how calm he was, he said, Casey, no one's dying today. And he ran me. So he picked me up again, like, yeah. how my attacker had. And right. ran me to a neighbor's house, like, put me on their porch. is like, banging on the windows. Call the police. Call the police. So then the police came. I was able to identify my attacker. So they found him. Did the police
0: come before like an ambulance comes?
2: Yes. I think they got there before the ambulance. And so they came. I identified the attacker. They found him, I think, within like 30 minutes, which was good. And then I was taken to Bethesda North Hospital When I was there, they said, like, you're not going to die. Like, you're going to live. You're going to be okay, And I think that really calmed me down. Right. Like,
0: as many people that can tell me I'm going to live, please tell me.
2: Yes. And so then later, they took me probably an hour or so later in an ambulance. I didn't need a helicopter, which was good. But they took me in an ambulance that could do surgery if it needed to Mm. down to Children's. And then I went into surgery that night. So this all happened at probably 6 p.m. on a Sunday night. So I went into surgery, I think at like 10 or 10.30 10 p.m., and then I woke up the next day like just in a hospital bed. Um, And the thing that shocked me the most was just – I guess I didn't realize how many people – like that it would be in the paper and people would know that it happened to me. It was like the love and support from every single person, people I didn't even know I was friends with, sending, fla- sending me gifts. And I – It was so weird. I was like, I don't. Why are you giving me presents? I like all I did was like do what I had to do to get out of the situation. Like I don't deserve presents. Like anyone would have done this kind of thought,
0: but truly, that's remarkable. Like how big was this seventeen-year-old?
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure he was. He had to have been well over 160 pounds and six feet or six. Like it's incredible thing. Yeah, and so from that day. I've always been very open about talking about it. I think because I was so proud of what I had done. Fuck yeah. That I wanted to like tell the world. Yeah. Like I wanted everyone to hear it. Um, and it was more just to comfort me at that point and to make myself feel brave and proud. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the first court hearing was seven, eight days after the attack. So I was in the hospital from a Monday, no, Sunday to I got out Friday. And even that Friday, so so I have four stab wounds. So one... Yeah, um, how many times did he... Four. So two are through my neck. So one went through behind my left ear and came out behind the right. The other All the way one, through? Yep. The other one went right... You can like see it when I swallow, right through the center of my neck and missed my jugular by a millimeter and stopped at my spine. The other one right up my cheek, my right cheek. My dad said it was just like hanging on my collarbone when he saw me. And then... The fourth one went in my right side through my lung diaphragm and then nicked my liver so and the doctors told my parents like this is a miracle like as professionals we would never be able to like put a knife through someone the way that that went she's so lucky that it didn't like nothing exploded in her it just went through they said it had to have been so sharp to just go through so nicely and nothing bad happened so, um, so nothing bad. Happened. I know. Well, nothing. You know, like nothing. Yeah. Right.
0: So you're the, sitting here telling the story. So yeah.
2: So they stitched up. I think two of them. The one on my side, they just let heal. So it looked like I had like a bullet wound. So I had to just wear like gauze on it until it closed up. Um. So the Friday they released me from the hospital, I was like, so can I go running tomorrow? And the doctors are like, are you crazy? Like, Mm -hmm. no. And even they're like, you need to wait at least a month. Mm -hmm. So I waited and I did, I waited the month. And then my dad and I, we went to the track and we started running again. And I think for me, speaking out about it and running were my outlets. Like speaking out made me feel brave. And then the running was a physical, like a way to detach emotion
0: from all the emotional pain I went through. Yeah. Um, So like, well, if I could ask a few questions. Yeah, of course. I'm just like blown away. Which like, you probably right, you've you've told this story a bunch of times. Yeah. As someone that's first hearing it, I'm like just, wow. While you were like are you, you have memories of like waiting for the police or the ambulance and all of that? Like, are you in, do you feel pain? Do you feel anything? No, I don't remember.
2: Even that after, I'm sure I must have been hooked up to morphine or something. Right, right. I don't ever remember having pain, even upon waking up. Um, isn't I do incre-
0: incredible what the human body does to you. Yeah, They're like we don't we don't want you to deal with this. this right, too much.
2: Yeah, the thing I remember most, they there was a hole in my esophagus or something, so I wasn't allowed to eat or drink for three days. And all I wanted was it's weird the things you remember. Yeah, spaghetti and coke. And yeah. I was like, can't I have water? They're like, you can have an ice chip, but you can't have anything. So I don't remember anything. like on a feeding tube or something. I guess I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um. I don't remember the pain i just remember the like i just want to eat and drink something um but yeah i think it's just the body like taking over like even the fact people are like i can't believe you grabbed the knife and i'm like yeah i think i i don't know what told me to do that yeah um my body just it just does stuff
0: yeah what was troubling this man this young man
2: he had um i was just luckily i was not being stalked i was basically wrong place wrong time and he had just had a history of other issues and he had just gotten into a fight with his brother and left the house and unfortunately I was just the first person he
0: came across that is also wild to me like there's some kind of there something's not right yeah up there <sighs> and then for you to just come across it so when I, I was interesting to hear you talk about like the first thought is like, oh, so when can I go running? Like after you've just yep. had these severe stab wounds. Yeah. I had a similar experience when my brother passed away a couple yep. of years ago. And I remember like calling some friends. I actually had called Andy who I had started the podcast with and we were, so this was on a Sunday and we were set to record on Thursday. And I was like, yeah, I I, I don't, I should have no problem being back by then. Like I, like, you were just like, yeah, like, that's what I'll do. And, like, thinking, like, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> like, you're not – this is not going to happen. But, like, in that moment, you're just like, yeah, this – it's just – I didn't recognize it at the time, but it was that first, like, stage of denial. And not yeah. that denial that my brother didn't die. I never had that denial. It was the denial that my life is just going to be able to resume a normal course in a couple of days after this. Yeah. Which sounds kind of similar to that Yeah, the and I think
2: on my end, too, I was – um I never like cried about what I went through or said like gosh how unfair that this happened to me instead it was like all that anger because I was angry no one saw the anger on the outside but I was angry I was kind of like yeah how dare you do this to me yeah so all of that for and for being so young 13 I was just like in my head, I thought, gosh, if I can come back and be the best runner and the best student and just show mm. this person you messed with the wrong girl, mm-hmm. I felt like that was me winning. So I think yeah. getting back to running was almost like showing him like, you oh, can't you stop can't me. stop me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, and I think wh- that's why speaking out about it was so important, too. So the first hearing was eight days after I, the attack. Holy shit. Because he was seven days, I think he was just a week shy of 18. So they're trying to bump him to adult court. So the police came in, talked to my parents. They're like, we're going to have you both testify. And I was laying in the hospital bed and I said, why am I not testifying? And they were like, you want to testify? And I was like, yes, put me on the stand. Right. And from that day right, forward. it happened to
0: me. He did this to me. Yes.
2: From that day forward, every single time I could get on the stand, I would get on the stand and I would make eye con- He wouldn't make eye contact. He'd look down, but I would try so hard to make eye contact and
0: just tell was my story charged with like attempted murder. Cause he was like stabbing your neck. I
2: forget. I think attempt, um, aggravated, attempted murder, kidnapping. There were a few, but the way it works, he couldn't be charged with all of them. We ended up doing a plea bargain. So we didn't have to go to trial, um, mm. for the criminal lawsuit we did civilly, but mm. for the criminal. So he was in for 10 years. He got out in 2013 oh, Wow. for five years. He was on a probation where, there were certain rules he and things he had to uphold. And now he's just free, basically.
0: Wow. Yeah. That seems kind of crazy, too, of like, was there no psych evaluation or... There were... Yeah, okay. he had
2: those. Um, But he had made comments like, oh, I guess the police said, why did you pick on her? And he said, she was small and I knew I could take her. So trying mm. to, like, say that it was, like, psychologically, yeah. I don't know, imbalanced, right. he kind of blew... That oh. by some of his comments but yeah obviously me, i know what you're saying yeah. i just
0: want to believe like you have to have something r- really mentally wrong with you to be able to do this that yeah not just like any person walking on the street is capable of doing that to someone yeah it's my own naive, yeah. crazy um so i can imagine you know as a physically fit young person the road to recovery while it might have taken some time being young like not, you got back to running in a month right what so- i'm more interested in is like the mental, yep, recovery. that
2: was really hard. So, like I said, on the outside, I wanted everyone to think I was fine. So I got back to running. I had all my friends. I was a like straight A student. I did everything to make it appear like I was fine, yeah. but mentally, I was a mess. So <sighs> the first night, and I don't think it really hit me until I got home from the hospital. I remember taking a shower the first night and. My room was on the second floor, and I made my mom like sit on the toilet in my bathroom while I showered because oh, yeah. I was so scared. Oh yeah, and I couldn't be on the second floor of our house alone. Like if someone was on the first floor, I would freak out. Like they had to be on the second floor with me. I slept in my parents' bedroom. Like we took my mattress in there. I think until I was almost sixteen, yeah. and like I tried to hide that. It's like hard to hide it, especially when there's like stuff going, like criminal trials, and it's in the papers. But I was like so like as a 16 year old, you're so embarrassed sure. by all because no one talked about mental like mm-hmm. health back then. Right. And even Anxiety, now, it's, PTSD. Yes. Yeah, so I was diagnosed with um severe childhood PTSD. I could imagine. I luckily yeah. didn't have I've never had a nightmare. Um, but I just could not be alone. And even my mom remembers, I think it was one of her work anniversaries. They threw her a party at Jeff Ruby's. And I think it was just, so I have a younger sister. She's mm-hmm. three years younger. I think she and I were alone at home, and I started freaking out. And my mom said her phone had 45 missed calls because mm-hmm. I was, that's like what you're constantly just anxious, scared. Yeah. You think something's going to happen. So I started seeing a psychiatrist my freshman year of high school. So we waited a year. The doctors told my parents, just wait and see what she needs. Yeah. So I saw her, I mean, sometimes up to three times a week.
0: Yeah.
2: And, I was able to go off
0: to college and be totally fine yeah um what did some of that like practice and therapy look like like how what what do they do to help you we just like literally talked i was never medicated we just talked and i don't
2: even remember the things we talked about because i think i thought sometimes like this is so silly why am i doing this but at the same time I would do anything because I wanted to be normal mm-hmm. and I didn't want to always be scared or people to be like, oh, she can't be alone. She mm-hmm. can't stay home. At- she has to have a babysitter at like mm-hmm. 16 because she can't be at home alone. She's yeah. so scared. Um, so I don't really even remember. I think we just would talk, like literally just talk about my day. And then if something came up, it'd be like, well, how did that make you feel? Or why did you do that? But Which that's- is also
0: just truly incredible, the power of talking to someone, yes. what that can do for the healing process. Yes. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, what else did I want to ask you? Oh, does it, does any, do you have any like anxiety manifest now? Or does anything come up for you now?
2: Not really. A few years ago, I haven't stayed at my parents' house alone. Years ago, I stayed there alone one night. And something about just, they're, they're still in the same area. Yeah. The other people are still where they are. He doesn't live with them. He lives um, around, like down the road. Like I've seen him at Kroger a few times. Like, okay, that's fucked. Yeah. So... I still sometimes, like, I just remember a few years ago at their house, I stayed there overnight and I don't even think the dog, we had two dogs. Maybe I brought the dogs in their bedroom with me and like turned on the alarm and then I think I took a knife in their bedroom. Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm like, this is so irrational. But also understandable. Yeah. You were dragged off a road and stabbed. Yeah.
2: But I like now, like I moved out, like I have a house. I mean, now I have a fiance and we live together, but I was fine. Like even at my house alone, it's more just like that house, that area. I think sometimes if I notice someone approaching me, more a man, Mm -hmm. like in a parking lot or like staring at me weird, my heart will race a little, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm so much better than I ever was.
0: That's nuts. So you go off to college.
2: Yep. So I went off to college. So I went to the University of Michigan and I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll go into medicine because this, like, doctors helped me so much. And Mm -hmm. I love just the talk therapy with my psychiatrist. I'm like, well, this seems like a nice job. Like she works out of her house and just goes to the basement and chats with people all day. So I majored in psychology and then I took all the pre-med prerequisites um, to go to medical school. And then let's see, uh, summer before my senior year, I took the MCAT and I'm not a great test taker, but Mm -hmm. um, I took the MCAT. I applied to 12 medical schools. And I was rejected from 11 of them. And then I was on the wait list at UC. And I met with, I think, the president of the medical school. And he's like, just take the MCAT again and you'll get in. And I was like, that sounds awful. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this again. So I didn't get in. And I almost was like relieved. I felt like, yeah, this isn't what I wanted to do. But I think sometimes you put yourself on a path and like medicine, it's like, well, there's always jobs in medicine and that's such a right. lucrative path. Like, right, it kind of feels like the safe. Safe option, bet. exactly. Yeah. And I'm the type of person who I'll just keep working
0: toward a goal. Like mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad just being like, oh no, that's not what I want to do. Right, it's like you start something and, and even if you get to a point where you're like, actually, I realize this isn't it. You still feel the need to keep going. Yes. like a pro- something to prove to yourself. Yes, so yeah. them
2: rejecting me, like, took so much weight off my shoulders. So then I was kind of like, what am I going to do? I love psychology. Every psych class I took in college, I loved. So I thought, like, well, maybe I'll get a PhD or something in psychology. So I reached out to some professors at UC. Mm-hmm. I just, like, got on Google and, like, reached out, like, hey, do you have any, like, lab opportunities I can come help in a lab? Yeah. Um, and someone did say, like, yes, we need help in this lab. So I went and did that for – it was probably two or three months. And I was just like, this is so, I don't even know what we were doing, like a smoke, a smoking cessation study yeah. I had to just like give people like these breath breathalyzer tests like
0: this is not what I signed up for and
2: put yeah. data in yeah. and I'm like no this isn't what I want to do this is like nothing like the psych classes yeah. I took yeah so then um at this time too so I was still doing like spinning I wasn't running so much after I graduated college but I was doing just so you and
0: you ran like all through high school so
2: I ran through high school and then junior and senior year I just I wasn't as good and didn't enjoy it as much And then the summer after my freshman year of college, I really just got back into running for me. And by the end of the summer, I was running like 13 miles. And my mom's like, "You just ran half a marathon." So then I went back to school. And then I remember I called my dad on a Sunday. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I just ran 18 miles." He's like, "Okay, you need to like do a marathon." I'm like, "I can't do six more miles." He's like, "Okay, or eight more miles." Like go up to like that certain amount you don't even do the full yeah so he's like Columbus marathons in four weeks I'll come up next weekend and you can run 20 and like like I said he's like my big a big supporter so he's like all bike um, to different spots and hand you a Gatorade and some goo and Mm -hmm. that's what you do like I was like okay so I ran 20 and felt great so then I did the Columbus Marathon in 2009. I finished fourth for okay. females. So
0: we know that you're not fucking around. It's like,
2: yeah. You're a so, good runner. And then I kept running and just started injuring myself. So that's mm. how I found spinning because I wouldn't, my hips, I don't know if it was IT band stuff. Like I could barely walk. Like it got really bad. And then it'd go away and I'd run and then it'd go to the other side.
0: Oh, yeah. I hear that's that's really common with runners, right? Yeah. Hip stuff.
2: So I found yeah. traditional spinning and I just did not enjoy it was such a hard workout which I loved after but during I was like I can't do this for 45 minutes. it was mentally like tough yeah. just staying in there that
0: is I think that is very challenging I've been spinning now for 13 years it's always a workout that I've really really enjoyed with the right instructor and with in the right environment and if it's not with a great instructor or not in a great environment it is painful
2: yeah So that's how, that's kind of how I found spinning Mm -hmm. was through running injuries. And then my senior year, a girl in my sorority sent an email like, Oh, new spinning studio opening. And I clicked the video and these bikes are like moving side to side and they're shaking them. And I'm like, what is this? I have, maybe I'll really like this. I have to Mm -hmm. try this. So I went and it took me about three times to get the hang of it. And we always tell people it takes about three times because it is so different. Like, you can shake it but then when you stand to hold it still your first few times it wants to wobble because you can
0: like get out on the like third position on the bike right and then it still can like move when you're out there you can like shake
2: it so almost if you think of like taking it's almost like uh running almost like where you take opposite hand to opposite knee so you're literally like doing this like shaking on the bike such
0: a core burner and then
2: you can like hold it and like turn it left like so you could do jumps to the left um, climb out of the
0: saddle holding
2: it out of the saddle, like left or right, is probably the hardest. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. Um, See, that sounds like such a great idea. I think too, because it actually mimics what it's like to ride a bike on the road. Yes, it's so surprising to me that they're not more popular. I agree. Is your studio the only one in Cincinnati? So
2: Body Alive in Kenwood had the bikes. Oh, they okay. opened right before us, but they got rid of them. Yeah, I was going to say. I, mean, I think in 2017. Okay. And I think part of it was their room was smaller, so they could get way more stationary bikes in yeah, there. Yeah, got it. Um, And then someone on the west side bought some and was opening a studio. And then I had heard they were at Seton High School. So oh, I don't okay. know if something's opening over there. Um, And then a girl, she used to actually work for Lululemon. Carrie used to be a client of ours and moved to Dayton. And she opened a studio okay. two years ago, I think. But got besides it. that... There was one in Florence, Kentucky. I don't know if it's still there either. Interesting. So I found this studio, and I just after my first three classes, I was like, I love this. Mm -hmm. And I predominantly just was spinning like three to five times a week and doing hot yoga. Like those were the workouts I did. Yeah. And I would always tell the owner she had three other studios. I was like, you have to bring this to Cincinnati, like please. And she would joke like, oh, you should open. Maybe she Uh wasn't joking. You should open Uh it. And I'm like. I'm not opening a studio. Like, you know, you come open it and like I'll come and I'll help get people to come. Yeah. And then fast forward, I got rejected from medical schools, came back home, was doing normal spinning, was doing hot yoga, but simply power yoga. Heidi, who owns that studio, was about to start a teacher training. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else I'm doing with my life right now. So that gives me some sort of purpose. Yes. So I'll go through that training. So that was maybe only once a month, like friday saturday sunday but Uh that gave me something and then i think october maybe end of september it's probably october of 2012 my dad like sat me down he's like okay you kind of need to like get a job Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do (laughs) and i was like i don't know what can i do i i don't know yeah i was on this med school path yes and every summer like the summer after my sophomore year of college i took Um, physics and physics lab one and two at Xavier all summer to like knock it out Mm -hmm. and then the next summer I was studying for the MCAT so everything had just been geared toward that so I was like I don't know what I'm qualified like what can I do and my dad's an entrepreneur and he was like well why don't you just start your own business start open a studio with those bikes that you really liked up in Ann Arbor That's a great idea and I'm like (laughs) really like I can do that um, but like I've said, he's always that person. He kind of just knows when to push me. And yeah. I guess I know when he pushes me or says, do something, if he believes it, then yeah. I like believe it more in myself. Right.
0: Do you think that has anything to do with, I, cause one of the questions too, I remember now that I wanted to ask was like, how has the relationship with your father evolved that he was literally the one to save your life? Like, it sounded like you guys were super close before, Yes, but then you're in the situation where it's like, you're literally saving me.
2: Yes, and I think we just have that like really bond. close bond. Yeah. Um, and he obviously always wants the best for me, mm-hmm. but he also he just pushes me in a way. So I guess even after the attack, just how certain he was, like you're not dying, you're going to yes. live. So whenever he says like, "Oh, you should run a marathon, you can do it," right. or open a business, I'm like, yeah, "All right, well, I you've been right it. before. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's no like reason that. to not believe you. Yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. So. My mom had worked at Cincinnati Bell for 31 years and had been retired for a few years, but was looking for something to do. So he's like, why don't you two just open a studio? So the next day we called the Real Rider. So they just sell bikes. They don't franchise or anything. Mm -hmm. So we called and we're like, what do the bikes cost? Yeah. We want to open a studio. How do we do this? And we looked up just the cost of everything. We were looking at different locations and we ended up because Body Alive was opening in Kenwood right before us. And I was going through this yoga training with Heidi at Simply Power Yoga. Mm -hmm. She had a heated room and non-heated. She was like, why don't you guys sublease my non-heated room? Because I've always wanted to have spinning. So we'll be separate businesses. But the two should go together really well. So we opened in april of 2013 and then we stayed at that first location for a little almost a year and a half and then we were just growing she was growing so we ended up moving out and we moved around the corner right off the highway Mm. right off 275 on ward's corner in loveland to a space that's like four times as big three times as big we're Uh now like knocking down another wall and putting some more stuff in oh wow cool so um yeah, so we moved over there. And that was kind of... So that would have been end of 2014. It was a little nerve-wracking because I'm like, gosh, now we really are on our own and we have to yes. like, make this work. Our rent right. is higher. We got to get people in. And I think it was the best thing. Yeah. It was kind of like sink or swim. And mm-hmm.
0: I was like, we're swimming. Yeah, clearly. we've You've proven that for sure. What was it like going into business with your mom?
2: It's actually really good. We get along really yeah. well. Um, and we both have different... She's more... Behind the scenes, and she's great at connecting people. People mm. will walk in the door and they'll just have a last name. and she'll be like, "Do you know so and so because I used to work with so like oh, nine yes. out of the right, ten people right. who come in. she knows somehow yes. knows them. She's great at connecting people, bringing people together. And then I'm more the face and yeah. teach. And then we have, I think ten other instructors now. so I'll train the instructors oh, okay. and do the schedule and Got stuff it. like
0: that. Did you feel you had like a natural knack for? running also just for listeners we have a gnarly storm coming in so if you hear any background noise it's just the massive raindrops hitting the windows but did you feel you had like a natural knack for running a business or running a fitness studio with a learning curve
2: there's definitely a learning curve yeah um because i was 23 when we opened which again at 23 i felt like oh that's not that young but it's really young i'm 30 now so looking
0: back 23 is so young but it's also kind of great because like you don't have as much fear of I like you don't know what you don't know
2: one I so 100% like, agree because I remember when my dad said oh the fitness you should open a studio so then I and at certain points he would be like well is this really gonna work can you make this work and I was like this is gonna work people are gonna love and I was mm-hmm. so determined about
0: it too yeah and
2: now sometimes I'm like why am I scared like just do it if you fail like just get back up and do something else like it's mm-hmm. fine but I have noticed as I get older, yeah. you're kind of, you play it a little safer. Get like
0: risk adverse. Yes. Yeah. So I
2: do think being young, I did have that advantage. And my mom, I felt like she had so much business experience that, that it kind of helped. Totally. Um, I think the hardest part was just, so seven years ago, most of the instructors, I had to just go to other gyms like LA Fitness, Lifetime. Yeah. Um, and I just took classes and then I just go up to people like, Hey, I'm opening a studio. Do you want to teach for me? Yeah. So yeah. they all had a lot of experience teaching and just being in the fitness industry. So that comes with them having their own beliefs or yeah, knowledge sure. of what you should do or shouldn't do. Yeah. So I think the hard part was sometimes just sticking to my vision and being like, I appreciate what you're saying mm-hmm. and maybe like the advice you're giving me, but mm-hmm.
0: I also got to stay true to. Yes. And just and because you've
2: been in the industry this long doesn't mean like it's the right way. Yeah. You know, right. and I there's, think that was the hardest. It's not,
0: there is no right way. Like there's no science to opening a studio, running your business, have it be your brand. Like it has to come from, come from you. And clearly you guys have been around now seven years. You've been doing something right. A lot of fitness studios, you know, don't even make it that yeah. long, especially now with they're so. There's so There's many, so many, yeah. so many. How have you had to, I guess, you know, first pivot over the years being open for that long, but then now, especially with a pandemic, how, how have things shifted and changed for yeah. you?
2: So the first year it was, well, we opened in April. So that first, the second half or second three-fourths of 2013 you know, my mom and I kind of opened and I thought, well, these bikes are so cool. Everyone's going to come.
1: Yeah. So right. you're
2: very naive. Right. And that was not the case. Like there were many classes. No one would show up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we get people here? And it was kind of before I think Instagram was around, but most people yeah. were on Facebook. Yeah. It, like I remember us taking flyers to local stores like, will you hang yeah. this? We're like opening yeah. a studio. And then going into that winter, it started to get busier. And as soon as we did move to our new location, I think it was kind of like, okay, We're legit. We're our own thing. And it got really busy. And then the third year, it really, really started to pick up. Mm -hmm. We started with 21 bikes and then had to get... We lucked out. A studio in Columbus went under with Mm -hmm. the same bikes. And they were barely used. So we bought five at a discounted price. A month later, we needed more because we were selling out. So we bought five more. Wow. And then a year and a half later, I was like, gosh, some of ours are getting old. Let's see if they have any more in storage. We bought those. So I would say the first like that third year was busy the fourth year. And then I do think like the fifth year you're kind of like, okay, we kind of have to do some stuff different because mm-hmm.
0: you don't want things to get stale for people. keep Right. Coming back. And yeah. you, kn-
2: and it's obvious people, we have some people who started in 2013 with us, but it's very rare to still have to hold on to someone for seven years. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to lose people. So you have to constantly be getting new people yeah. in. Yeah. So then we started since the biking really helped my running um, my old cross country coach, she had been coming with the team, but then she started to really see the benefits. Like, oh my gosh, my kids aren't getting injured. They're running yeah. faster. They're like breaking records. So her testimonials got other sports teams in. Mm. So we have had so many high school, like cross, cross country and track are huge. We have a lot of high school teams that come in and they fill those open hours of like two or 3 PM yeah, when there's not right, a class. Right. Um, we've had wrestling teams, lacrosse teams, basketball, tennis, soccer, all cool. these teams. So that was one way we were like, we really got to focus on these teams, especially the cross country. They can have 60 people. So they'll do like waves of yep. like 30 kids. Yep. And you just That's like, smart. That's smart. it's an awesome way to get a lot of people in. And then sometimes their parents will come. That's what we want is the parents yeah. to jump on and come. Yeah. Um, and we started reaching out. There's a whole business park across the street from us. So we started reaching out to businesses yeah. like, hey, do you want to do a team building class mm-hmm. with your group? And we've also done the fundraising ride. So Yeah, I was going
0: to ask yep, about the, that. That all charity.
2: started. Well, and I'd seen other... When we first opened, like Simply Power Yoga, other studios had they call it? not cha- we called ours charity rides but like donation yeah, donation based classes. classes yeah so I was like well every other studio does it we should do it mm-hmm. so I put like a newer instructor on the class it was a ten dollar drop in mm-hmm. and we donated the money to Cincinnati Children's mm-hmm. and we had it every week in the beginning and they did okay but they weren't great yeah. so going into the second year I was like we could make these so much better if we just do a special class and let's make it a twenty dollar minimum donation Um, so I think the first one was for Cincinnati children's, but then we started to have clients come to us like, Hey, I support, I do these bike rides for JDRF. Could I host a ride? So then every month until we got to like COVID and everything, Mm -hmm. we were having fundraising rides where it'd be a $20 minimum donation, 100% of the proceeds go to the cause. And we do them for local like families, organizations, charities, and bigger ones like JDRF, American Heart Association. Yeah. So that will bring in new people. And then we try to, I mean, it's hard if you have a class of 30, like you're lucky if, I don't know, two of them start coming back again who are new. But if they tell someone, who tells someone. And I think my mom and I, we didn't, we're not from Loveland. So I think by doing the charity rides, it really just gave Power Ride in our names yeah. Just a positive.
0: Yeah. Um, right. You're vibe. Do, doing something for the community. Yeah. For sure. Did you get on Class Pass or anything when that yes, popped up? Yes. We did. Okay.
2: We were supposed to do Class Pass years ago. They were supposed to open here. And then they kind of, I think, stopped going. Yeah. And then they came, they rejoined a few years ago and we're on it. I have not redone it since COVID. Yeah. Um, and we have some people who come, but again, converting those people to actual clients. Right. I heard the rate is not high. Yeah. But then again, it is nice if they're filling a spot and you get like a decent little yeah, check it every gonna, month. It wasn't going to be there anyway. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how did when? Yeah. Yeah. COVID so then had. when the pandemic
2: hit, it's crazy how fast everything happened to. Yes. I remember leading up, we have a client who... I think she works at Children. She's a nurse. She's like, "Are you gonna close?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? What, right. are we, what do you mean? Of are we gonna close?" Not. Yeah. <laughs> and then that Monday, we got word we had to shut down, so we closed. And I was naive and thought this is only gonna be two weeks, so I didn't I really think do. Most people did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really do anything at first, um, leading up to it too. So we were mostly cycling, but we also a few days a week had classes I called off the bike. So mm. they weren't on the bike; they were like total body classes. Lightweights, balls, bands, yeah. just high rep, like burnout. Yeah. So one of my instructors was sent me a text. She's like, I just downloaded the Peloton app and I did a strength class and like it was not good. Like you need to stream your classes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I though? Like everyone's doing everything free. I don't know that. Am I just going to be doing it to a few people? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, why not? Just do it. So I think a week after we shut down, I just went live on Facebook yeah. and I was like, okay, we're going to do like a 30 minute upper body workout. Right. And people were like, that was awesome. I love that. So then I was like, do you guys want to do this again? And people were like, yeah, do it again. So I just started doing it every day at 930. Mm-hmm. I would just do either lightweights or bands, or we do like jump rope and plyometrics. Right. Right. And people were commenting who have never even come to the studio. Yeah. And they're like, Were you offering it for free? For free. Yes, mm-hmm. at first. So that was kind of, it gave me something to do. Yep. So once we were, it was probably the first week of April. So let's say two and a half weeks into the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I realized this is going to last longer than we think. And I'd seen some other studios renting out their bikes. Oh. and But our bikes are 250 pounds. So they're, oh. and most bikes, most spin bikes are...
0: I think like 50
2: to 65. Right. I like moved
0: spin bikes around and it's not terrible. So
2: the girl in Dayton who's come to the studio, I saw she rented hers out pretty early. I think a week into quarantine. So I even thought like, what is she doing? We're going to open next week.
0: It's going to be a pain in the ass. Yep. So
2: I reached out to her. I'm like, okay, Carrie, how'd you do it? Did you deliver bikes? Did people pick them up? So she kind of told me. So then I reached out to our attorney. I was like, do I need, what Mm, do I need on that end? And I was talking to my mom. I'm like, I think we should do this because it's going to cover the rent and other stuff.
0: Right. So I sent an
2: email out and we rented
0: out all 32 of our bikes. I mean, I think that is a fantastic idea. I knew that CrossFit gyms were like renting out barbells and like heavyweights. Like that's... Exactly what people wanted to do. I'm sure people would gladly pay the rental fee to be like, I need to move. I can't yes. leave my house.
2: <laughs> yes. So my fiance and one of our instructors and I delivered all of them. We got we rented a U-Haul truck. It took I was, thought it would take four hours to deliver them. It took like 30 minutes per bike. So the one day we delivered some on a Sunday and then 20 on a Monday. Oh like 10 and a half hours we were exhausted Mm -hmm. but we moved them all so then the classes went live over zoom but I recorded them too so that they could do them basically whenever they wanted Right,
0: exactly kind of like a peloton situation yes so the
2: hardest learning like I was saying earlier was the sound was Mm. atrocious on zoom Uh,
0: I'm aware of a lot of people yes all over
2: the country and figured out like what we needed we bought like new mixers and stuff and attached everything to the laptop and then got um what did we get like a little video cam so we perfected it yeah. after like a, a week or two now. weeks yep. and we got it working. So then I was like, gosh, I mean, I want to get out of quarantine, but also it just took us so long to do all this. I can't imagine going and picking up all these bikes. Yeah. So we started doing the virtual, cl- we would do the, um, the cycling classes twice a day. And then I did my strength ones at 930, like five days a week, I think. And then come mid-May we started charging for the strength ones, just $10 Mm -hmm. a class, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. we did 99 a month unlimited. Now we just cut it to 45 Mm -hmm. a month just to get some more people on Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And that again is through Zoom and then we record it. So some people will sign up and then send me an email like, hey, I can't make it live. Just send me the recording. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's good.
2: So June 1st, when we were allowed to reopen, we can only really fit 15 bikes in our studio six feet apart. Yeah. So we went back with 15 and kept, 20 20 plus rented rented. yeah so right now we still have and the rentals are every month Mm -hmm. so I just emailed everyone today like I need to know if you want it for August so I think we still have 20 or 22 bikes out rented so every class every class that happens in studio we also have a huge tv to the side of the instructor bike and then a video camera on them Oh yeah. so So it's also recorded so the instructor and what's fun I mean, I love teaching lot a like in person, but the Zoom was kind of really fun because we had our instructor bike. One of our clients had a huge 50 inch extra TV screen mm-hmm. he brought in. So we put that right in front of the instructor bike and everyone would turn their cameras on oh, so you could fun. see their faces. So yeah. during class, I'd be like, all right, we're going to sprint. You want it? I'd be like you like Zane or whatever, yeah. up yeah. or down. And I'd like give like thumbs up or thumb down. And I'd be like, he wants it up. We're going up. So you could still interact with them. Yes, yes, And like it Call out
0: names and all that. Yes, and
2: like you could call someone out and like see them smile or laugh when you cracked a joke. Yeah. So it was really cool. So then readjusting to having people in studio and on screen, it was hard because you're like, gosh, who do I pay attention to? Uh And I don't want someone thinking I'm not paying attention to them. Yeah, you got to do both. Or the experience being different. So… We just keep adjusting.
0: Yeah. That's (laughs) the key, right? You got to keep pivoting. So you are doing classes in studio now. Yes. So all of the cycle
2: ones, we have 15 bikes in studio. So those are in studio and then also just recorded. Yeah. So sometimes nowadays you'll see maybe two or three people virtual. A lot of them do it. I think they just do the recordings when they
0: want. Right. Because it's so nice to be able to just work out whenever you want. That's a big takeaway. And since we now
2: are having three to four classes a day as opposed to one or two, they just se- yeah. spread out, like the 20 of them will spread out through those classes. And then all the strength ones we've continued doing four days a week, but those we've kept totally virtual. Yeah, It just has been working and I have people, friends like in Chicago and Seattle doing them and yeah, that's I'm the kind of it. like, it's it's sometimes it's kind of nice to just walk in 10 minutes before and turn a screen on and do it. Like I love being around people, but it's almost easier sometimes. Yeah, no,
0: I hear that. How, um, what are you doing for workout now, like for for your own self. What does your fitness routine look like?
2: I've been running a lot more, which oh, is good. Yeah. Not as much. I feel like the last month I've kind of felt like a little tired with yeah. it. I think the heat, though. I don't do well. It's so hot. Yeah,
0: I, I get I get so tired, like walking outside. Yes. Yes. I'm like, am I, is this my old age? Like, I feel like this summer, I don't know why. And maybe it has just has been a really hot summer. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted.
2: I feel like we haven't had a break from it either. I was yeah. thinking, I'm like, was it like this last summer? And I remember it, was it being 81 hot, degrees at
0: 8 a.m.
2: Yes. And I used to wake up early, like 6 a.m. to run. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I'm off that shit. And
2: I just can't. I can't no. anymore. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Quarantine
0: has like made me, I'm like, I sleep. Eight o'clock is like my early wake up time.
2: Yeah. I just can't get up. I just I and I like to wake up and have I don't know, my like coffee, yeah, food, right. check my emails. Yeah, like a if slow I feel morning. rushed, I feel like the rest of the day I just feel anxious and yep. rushed. So yep, yep. I've been running some I've done pil- so before quarantine I was doing Pilates at solid core oh up yeah in Mason Mason so years ago two years ago two and a half I went to visit my friend in Baltimore and she's like you have to do this Pilates class with me so we went down to Annapolis and did it and I was like wow that was so hard and then when they opened here I was like well let me see if I still like like this yeah and I enjoyed it um but it's I haven't tough. been going there it is I haven't been going there as much I'm kind of I feel like looking for something
0: new. Yep. I don't know. I think a lot of people are in that same Yeah. Boat. And then my yeah. fiance
2: and I on Saturdays recently, we've been going just up to the track and doing like sprints or we go up to Indian Hills track and they have like a sled on the track and there's like weights.
0: So we've oh, been doing like Jesus. sled pushes and sled stuff. Sled pushes are the hardest. I know. Days. He'll be
2: like, so the other day, he's like, let's do 100 meters no. and every 30, we're going to add 20 pounds to oh, it. Oh
0: my God. I'm
2: like pushing it through. Like, and then I like, bend over like hands to knees and I'm like
0: <sighs> yeah like he's you like
2: are you okay and then I sit down I'm like can you help lift me
0: up no, because it, I'm not okay it's the hardest thing it's yeah. so difficult you get breathless so quick and I think
2: that's what I like I'm like it's so low impact but your heart rate just goes up and yep. it's different so I'm yeah. just like just I just need different stuff yeah no I hear that for sure for sure so
0: Casey what does being fit mean
2: to you so someone said this like a few weeks ago I was like oh that's kind of like mine um I think it's just being mentally, physically, and emotionally like all in balance. So feeling good about yourself, like your thoughts are good. You're feeling positive, smiling, happy. And like you just, you feel good about how you look
0: too. It shouldn't be about
2: how you look, but I think how you feel about yourself. Right. It it
0: translates everywhere. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. You are incredible. Your story is incredible. It's very evident in how you live your life and the success that you've had that it's been not a deterrent, but rather a a fuel for you. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Reminder to listeners, follow on Insta at What The Fit Podcast, me at Chrissy Grody. If you like the idea of more people hearing the podcast, please rate and review on iTunes. And if you're able, help support the podcast with a monthly contribution on the Patreon. And if monetary contribution is not possible, just share it to your shows, social media. Tell your friends. Thanks so much. Love you. Thanks so much. Have, wait. What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have. A, what you have a we, surprise? I have a surprise.
1: Um. I want you. I was to,
0: about to close it.
1: I was gonna. Um. I need that bowl.
0: <laughs> oh, our, our sheriff of Soundtown left for a minute just when we needed. Right. I got a bowl in so, front of me of four different snacks.
1: So I thought this would be fun. I don't know. I was just like, I want to do something like do something with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: Great. I love it. We're going to do a little snack tasting. And I want you to see if you can tell what flavors these I'm are. I'm so
0: bad at this. This
1: is like the, what's that? The gummy bear challenge. I'm so bad at identifying challenge. flavors. You just identifying. said you could tell this the sour patch. So I think you okay, can I'm do gonna it.
0: Try. Here's my first one. I'm okay. going to eat both of them at once. I need the most flavor.
1: Okay. <laughs> and then maybe you can guess what they are.
0: Cinnamon. Yep. Sweet okay. cinnamon. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah. Like it reminds me of cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, okay. Okay. Apologies to for chewing in anyone's ear <laughs> during this. Okay. Here I'm going to the second one. Like a garlic Parmesan? mm mm, mm. <laughs> Nacho cheese, I think. Really? Maybe not. Let me try this one.
1: <laughs> Some
0: game. It's zesty.
1: Oh, wow. I think that's actually in the name.
0: Zesty Ranch? No. Mm. <laughs> All right, last one.
1: I'm... I'm one and three. Oh, I think you're gonna get this one. Sriracha, jalapeno popper. Mm. Okay. What was the second one I ate? It was the bean-looking thing too. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, that's a spicy. <laughs> that one. A jalapeno popper.
1: Yeah. So, um, I think the second one you had was uh. Nacho cheese. There was Weird. also dill pickle.
0: Weird. Okay. I'm gonna eat more of those after this.
1: Yeah. So these were these are my new favorite snacks. They are broad beans, aka fava beans. Oh, I
0: love I love those. Yeah.
1: And these are the bada bean, bada boom snacks. Ooh, yum. Um, so the sweet cinnamon, and then you had the nacho cheese, mm-hmm. and then you had jalapeno popper, and then you also had Chex Mix dill pickle. Wow. So anyways, so natural, Uh all the flavors. I love them.
0: And thank you for bringing those to me.